to the Get Fit with Jodell podcast. I am, as usual, Jodell, And, you know, I wanted to have a chat with this lovely lady today that has been so generous to join me about some of the most pressing women's health issues of our day. Because after finding Dr. Ray Pete years ago, I also found Kate Deering and really respected her passion for helping set the record straight when it comes to women, appreciating their bodies, treating it well, nourishing it, giving them permission to shift away from the common dogma out there for women you know, like eat less, restrict, work out like a beast and sleep when you're dead and all of the things that (laughs) never have actually helped women. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I've invited Kate on to have a wonderful conversation, just reminiscing about Dr. Ray Pete, but also I want her to hone in on some of these women's health issues specifically and how we can heal our metabolism, because that is the title of her new book. So Kate, it's an honor to have you on and thank you for your time today. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to be here and big fan of yours. So excited to have this conversation. It's weird to hear somebody say a fan though, because I just sit here and do these things. I think of myself as just some little nugget of nothing like a podcast. So I'm just glad people listen to them and they're they're getting some information from them as I'm sure it's you've you've gotten clients from yours and have seen the potential sure. of helping people when mainstream is not giving all of the proper information. So I think both of us are just trying to give out good information. So yeah. I think I always I don't know, I always came from a place of trying to educate. It was that was always my intention. And even when I wrote my book, I was like, I just want some information that people can use that is more readily available. That was always the bottom line with me. Whatever happened with that was great. And it's been very good, you know, for business and so forth. But I think the intention was this information is super valuable. And I feel like so many of us are going down these paths of self-destruction and hitting our head against the wall. And then, you know, and when you find out you don't have to do that and there's a better path, you're like, Hey, let's, let's all shift. Yeah. Yeah. And most of my listeners, since the, a lot of them follow repeat, they know your story, but those that don't, you're a certified nutrition consultant and owner of Kate Deering Health and Fitness. And you followed this pro-metabolic approach, helping what I understand many people achieve success. And you've learned quite a bit from Dr. Pete and who we're both okay. so sad to see gone from this world. So I wanted to start there, Kate, like some of your the things that really drew you to Dr. Pete whenever you were listening to his to his information, because it's not mainstream, but it is logic. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of it is common sense and logic, but also it works. It's working for a lot of people. So talk for to me sure. about some of your biggest takeaways. Well, when I found him, I was in my very late 30s, about to hit 40, and I was starting to have issues, meaning my current protocol of training like a dog and eating moderately low carb and, you know, higher protein and, you know, kind of restricting and so forth, um, wasn't working anymore. And Mm -hmm. it was, it was starting to affect me in other ways that I hadn't been affected before. And so, you know, I was just starting to feel fatigued and older and, you know, I was just like, wow, is this what 40 feels like? This kind of sucks. (laughs) And so I feel like I was ready at that point in time because it was, you know, you're driving so hard and it feels like, God, I just am not feeling well with this approach, but I don't know another approach. And so when I was um, shown or t- and, and I started learning about his information and it was all of a sudden like, hey, have you, what's your temperature? Like, what's your body temperature? And I'm like, oh, that's an e- interesting. I've never thought about that other than when I was sick. And I started to take it and I started to take my pulse. And of course I was like 96.5 degrees and, you know, 50 pulse because I was a mm-hmm. super athlete. And started to learn about, hey, you know, maybe this is a sign of your metabolism's not working optimally. 
Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was like, that's interesting. And so when I started to dig dig deeper, I was like, hey, do you have digestive issues? Hey, how's your period doing? And how's your sleep? And all of these other things that were starting to be linked to a a well-running metabolism, I'm like, Wow, all of these things I'm I'm having some experience with, and I feel like yeah, I'm I'm struggling with maintaining my weight unless I'm like super exercise crazy, and you know, and I'm sore all the time, and I'm not recovering as well. And when all of a sudden these things started to circulate in my head, I'm like, well, this is weird, right? Maybe I need to look through a different lens on how to approach health, mm-hmm. and see if and what does that approach look like. And it was pretty much everything I wasn't doing, right? It was like dairy and carbohydrates and fruit and, you know, and rest and take days off. And I'm like, wait, what? That's not anything I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> and so, of course, you know, I'm somebody when I learn things, I like do a 180 turn. And I just said, let's go from this approach to this other one, completely change everything, which all don't do that either. Um, because, right. <laughs> and I learned that pretty quickly. So, I mean, I, I had some kind of rash re- I mean, I had some, all these other symptoms occur at the time, but, mm-hmm. um, but it, it logically made sense to me. So I kind of kept with it. And then of course, when I started the listening to Ray a long time ago on, um, herb doctors or whoever, and I started to listen and, and it was like, huh, this is really, really interesting. And so it, it kept you going and then things started to shift. And then I started to feel better. And then I started to realize why well, I can eat these foods and I can actually maintain. And, oh my God, I don't have sugar cravings all the time and feel like I'm about to kill somebody if I don't eat a loaf of bread the next day Um, or the whole carton of ice cream. And all of a sudden things started regulating. And I was like, whoa, like this is crazy. Who knew that this was out there? And it was, I mean, and I think bottom line is what he taught me was, you know, you really have to be open. Even when you have a lot of information, you think, you know, a lot, You, you need to still be open to different information but not even the information it's just a completely different perspective and and that's what shifted me and that was i think made me so open to whatever he kind of had to say because it just widened my lens on how i should see things and when i could see them from different angles and also also when you look at different angles you also know that not everything no single approach and starting point kind of works for everybody and so you have to kind of find the pieces that work for you and then apply those and then see. So true. Like I can relate to so much of what your story was about, you know, killing yourself in the gym and sleeping less and eating less and trying to do all the less things because women want to be less. They want to like look small and men are always like doing more because they want to look more. They're trying to get on the muscle and all of that. But also because um, it's, it's not, what you're hearing. It's like you're hearing people go, well, you have to eat low carb in order to lose weight. And then here's this one guy, this doctor that's saying, no, why, you know, what you need to fuel your body with fruit and orange juice and these things that calm your adrenaline and help with your hormone production. And so it's like he's, he was fighting all these masses. And I think it takes somebody like yourself, who's a question asker, who's willing to dig deeper and all these the listeners out there who are thinking, yeah, I, I wasn't getting answers. I wasn't feeling better on keto and low carb and paleo or what all the things were that were out there. But then you actually, like you said, you started feeling better following some of the principles that he outlines that 
you know, has been coined as his principles, but really it's just like you said, it's common sense, it's logic. It's it's these really it's things that we've gotten away from in our past that we were told were bad. Oh, fruit is bad and milk is only for cows and like or at least these just misinformation that's out there. And when you actually sit down and you like you did, you thought, okay, I'm going to try this and see what happens. These are all the things I'm not doing. And then all of a sudden you start getting results for the first time. It's amazing. But I think what, what you've probably seen in your practice too, and what I get from people that are listening and, and talking to me about, I've switched over to eating the Ray Pete way, which he would never say he had a way, oh, by the way, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, there right. wasn't really a way, Ray Pete way. You can go That's on the right. forum and people will give away that they're eating, but it wasn't his way. He was just saying what he did. But mm-hmm. at the same time, you'll see people following that. And then they say, well, I'm not, you know, I feel better. Everybody would say, I feel better, but I'm not seeing the aesthetics. I'm not mm-hmm. like getting leaner. In fact, maybe I've put on weight, especially women. Like, I'm sure you've heard that. So was that your experience? And did you come out the other side of that? Because doesn't there take an adaptation time when we've been mm-hmm. malnourishing our bodies for so long as women? Mm-hmm, for sure. And yes, I did put on, I, I probably put on between 10 and 15 pounds. Um, so that was a little bit of adjustment and it did feel, and now I will say initially what I did is I did change the dietary approach and I was trying to eat more I didn't stop the insane training. Um, that took a while for me because that I had been very ingrained into probably, you know, since I was five, um, you got to just train hard. And I like to train. So, you know, that wasn't a, a big jump for me to just keep doing that. And, but it took me a while to finally take that off my plate. And I think my body did shift, but where I got actually the best, as far as my weight shifted the most easily was I actually injured my knee, tore my meniscus, couldn't do any cardiovascular activity. And all of a sudden my weight shifted like that. And within a month or two, I had dropped 10 pounds and my, and I feel like my body was just really inflamed. I was kind of pushing that stress cycle. And I don't know, and this is kind of my experience with people. We're all on this like line of doing things that help us and doing things that are not supportive. Right. And then we can move any one of those things to get a result. Right. Maybe it doesn't even have to be food. It can just be more rest or less training or whatever or the right training. And so I got a result, but I was still kind of just on this one line and I couldn't get any move anymore until I actually took a lot of the stressful activity out of my day. And my body was able to recover more. And all of a sudden my body's like, yep, that's it. We're going to shift. And it just did like that. And it was just like, huh, who knew? And I knew, but I I wouldn't accept it because it was just still so ingrained with me. And I find that is a challenge, especially with women who do like to work out Mm -hmm. and are really stuck to like, if I don't train, I'm going to gain weight, right? You got to let me train. And so, you know, I'm always asking the questions like, well, what do you feel uncomfortable with? What feels comfortable? What can we move? And let's try these things and then see what happens. And maybe that's the thing that will move the needle. Because I, I definitely have a philosophy of I always want to do the less to get the most result, right? Absolutely. I don't want to do everything. I want to do <laughs> what five things can we do? Is it five? Cool. If that's all we got to do, wonderful. Um, it normally isn't that, but a lot of times you can move the needle or people are just happy in that space. You know, they're like, look, I feel good here. I'm accepting. I, I'd rather just stay here than do X, Y, and Z. I'm like, cool. Well, I'm totally pleased with that too. But for me, that's when my weight shifted the best and, and I didn't have to, and I, then I realized why you really don't have to train like an insane person to maintain your mind. <laughs> in fact, you'll actually do better if you find the right amount 
and move all those other things off and just do what you like and enjoy for fun and, you know, add some weight training in there and then enjoy your life and don't be crazy anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. Because you become a little bit nuts, like about having to train. Oh my gosh, I'm going to travel. Where am I going to work out? And all of that, all of a sudden that thought went right out the window. Now it took me an injury because I'm a hard learner, but it was what I needed to do. And, and then it just was like, like, oh my God, now I don't have to do that. And then you start to actually realize, well, maybe I really don't like doing all that other stuff as much. <laughs> um, oh, but, yeah. yeah. I, I can so relate to your story because it's like that was the last thing for me too was like well, I went from running eight miles a day and teaching all these classes and training my own body, you know, outside of the classes. And then finally got to a point where I, I was like, well, I can... I could just try not doing so much and nothing changed. Like it was like, I didn't lose, but I didn't gain. So I was like, wait a second, if I've been doing all this and like fast forward a couple months after I stopped doing all of it and nothing changed, it was like, well, then why am I doing all that? You know? So it was like, I think a lot of women, because we're so programmed that we have to do more and more and more in everything, like not just in our workouts, but you got to be more at your office and you got to be more at home. Like you got to be more of a mom and a more of a wife and more, you know, it's what I call this phenomenal syndrome where they, they have to be phenomenal and you have to put yourself out on social media. Like you're the best mom ever and you're doing all the things. Whereas that's probably the reason why they should be showing the picture of themselves crying in the bathtub because they're not able to do all the things because we can't, totally. we can't give 20% to everything in our life when we need to focus in on, on giving 100% to the most important things, you know? So. Absolutely. Yes. I, I, I see that all the time and I, I totally get that. And I, and I think women do have it a little bit more challenging because as they got into that age where you're like, Oh, now you can have a job and now you can do this, but now you can also have a family and be a mother and then be everyone's best friend and be the, you know, and then this, you know, the hot wife and all this. And I'm like, oh, I don't know how that is all possible. Right. Yeah. And then, and try to work out and do all of, I mean, how, no, there has to be some level of give and take and balance. And yeah, it's a disaster half the time. Yeah. And Dr. Pete kept it so simple because women would ask questions, you know, on the Q and A's that I would do about how do I lose weight? And he was like, well, you need to not exercise. <laughs> you need to chop wood and you know like do things outside and like eat lots of food and that was like it was, it was like we're not answering their questions because no. it's not what they want to hear because what they think they are supposed to hear is you gotta like not hardly eat anything and then kill yourself in the gym and then that's how you're gonna but how's that working for us because most people will see adrenal failure they'll see thyroid failure their hormones shut down so with regard to like your story and like what you've seen working with women, what are some of the biggest needle movers that even maybe you learned from Ray that you use in your practice to help people? I think the first needle mover, well, first is you gotta, you have to establish what needle you want to move and, and mm -hmm. what that looks like. Right. So it's, okay. it's actually kind of lining them up to like, okay, we need to at least first define what we want to do right here. And if that's established health, then let's use these markers, right? And of course I use things like temperature and pulse and then just subjective markers, right? Digestion and sleep and fixing their cycle and you know, just overall feeling better and having more energy through the, the day. So it's kind of using that as our guidelines initially um, versus looking at weight. Like we do look at that eventually, but essentially these are gonna, let's make sure that you're healthy enough to even address that first. And so 
Um, certainly having them, one of the biggest things, yeah, is making sure they're eating enough and making sure they're eating frequently and with balanced meals. I mean, they're, they're fairly simple concepts, but when you, and I always usually have everybody food log so that we can do, we can see, well, what are you eating through the day? Right. Cause everyone's like, but I'm eating, I'm, you know, I get plenty of emails. Like I've read your book and I'm eat just like you, or I eat what you say. And I'm like, okay, stop there. Right. Not me. <laughs> right. You're not me. And I don't even know what that means. Right. I mean that who knows what that means. I'm like, okay, so let's first just log some stuff out and let's just see and what you're doing. And it can be like, they're having a coffee and, you know, and a little cream and sugar, and then they're not eating for four hours. Yeah. You know, what is and that? so <laughs> I know and they're like, when I get up or I have a little bit of fruit and then I'm like, well, then what are you doing? Then I like get on four calls and I'm like, mm, okay. What do you think is happening at the beginning of the day? Like you don't have enough fuel for half a call. So let's remove where, you know, so a lot of it is just moving where they're eating, right? And and, and establishing a better habit and how we're going to start our day. Because if you're starting your day underfueled, that's setting you up for the, your entire day. So you're always trying to play catch up. Your body's always trying to figure itself out all day long. So the time you get to, to nighttime, either you're going to feel like, oh my God, I need to eat everything. I'm trying to catch up from everything I just I didn't eat. Or, you know, your body's going to feel anxious, stressed, so, so forth and so on. And then you don't sleep very good that night either. So we have to start from the beginning. So I always like try, let's work on your morning routine first. Like, because if we can get that in a better place and everything else will start to be easier for you. So that's where I always kind of start, you know, right. And just trying to eat like better real foods, right. That aren't processed or so forth, but it's like, let's, can we get a little bit of fruit or some sort of good carbohydrate into each one of your meals, depending on where their starting point is, you know, that can be as low as like 20 to 30% of their intake up to 40, 50, up to 60, depending on how active they are. And then, or, and then we, we, we move it around depending on if they have activity, right? Or maybe we need to have more carbohydrates around that meal or depending what you're doing during the day. If you're very active, we need to have more carbohydrates around activity. So I try to teach them, I go, look, this isn't about you saving calories at the end of the day, or, you know, it's about providing you with enough fuel in the times that your body is using the fuel. Um, we want your body to use the intake while you're busy. That will keep it out of that stress cycle. And so, and then it feels more safe. It's like, oh, she's giving me fuel. I'm going to use it adequately. And I'm going to use it for not only what I'm doing, but I'm also having enough to actually give it to my metabolic functions, right? Because they get poo-pooed when we do too much. And there's always that compensation going on. There's always that adaptation. So we always want to make sure that, look, when you're doing stuff, you got to have enough. Because if not, your body's going to adapt. And it's going to compensate and it's going to pull from your reserves, but that's not going to ever get you into a healing state. And mm -hmm. so that's kind of where I like to start people certainly is just kind of balanced meals, eating enough and then eating around the times that they are the busiest, which again, it's not rocket science. It's not brain surgery, but it is can be challenging to make those shifts, especially if you're, you know, getting people, they're like, well, I'm just not hungry in the morning. I don't want any food. I'm going to go, well, let's talk about what that actually means, right. right? If we're waking up and we have no appetite, then you might be slightly in a stress cycle already right. because you should be, you haven't eaten in eight to 10 hours. Mm -hmm. So we need to break that cycle. And so that's when the, when people like, I just eat intuitively and I'm like, well, I, I like that, but there's also a level of intention if you don't understand maybe what you're happening right now. So if it's like, if you're waking up that way, it's not normal. So we got to break that. So we have to start kind of 
eating a little bit more and slowly eating a little bit more. And then when we start changing that habit that you have right now, because it feels normal, then we're actually going to have a different feeling. And then, mm -hmm. it's, you know, we definitely want to appetite in the morning for sure. Yeah. You're seeing all the same clients that I'm seeing then because right. it's like that I, I kind of preface it telling them, okay, you can't build a house if you don't have all the materials. Like if you only have like six of the two by fours and you need 12, like we're going to have a problem building a good house. Like you're not going to get the results you're looking for with lack of materials. And in proper timing if they bring the materials at nighttime when there's no light to build with right so it's kind of like our bodies are the same way we really have to give it the raw materials it needs in order to rebuild itself and there is a rebuilding phase and that's i think where some women get uncomfortable because when they do start kind of almost reverse dieting or adding in those calories of all these things they haven't had and I'm sure you see it. It's like they kind of freak out. Or I had a client that for six months, she didn't move. Like she had these clothes she wanted to fit in. And I'm like, you have to give this time. You have, you've done so much damage for so long that it's going to take some time for your body to adjust. And then almost as soon as she hit that six month mark, she dropped all the weight that she'd been wanting to drop. And it was like her body just all of a sudden went, yes, I'm doing this. You're, you've nourished me to the point where I can finally feel comfortable enough to let go of the weight. So what, how do you get them through that little transition period? Because I'm sure you've had to do that too. Or what do you, I guess, but, what are your tips for people going through that maybe? Um, well, I, I, I'm not gonna lie. It's, it does help to have somebody with you. And it mm -hmm. definitely helps to have a coach with you because it, 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 it does feel frightening. Um, it does feel like you're walking down a path of the unknown. And so again, it can be just like, okay, look, we've got to focus on these things because we do want to see, I mean, it, it, you want to be motivated in a way that you see some sort of progress, right? If you're starting to make all these changes and, and if the only thing you're focusing on is the scale, then you're going to get yourself frustrated and it's going to be demotivating. But if we can shift where we're, we're paying attention and where I look and, and I, and I always have a kind of come to Jesus conversation with them. I go, right. I mean, you gotta be aware. I'm like, look, you've had decades of doing this. And then, and usually people are like, I know I have, I have done some destruction. I'm like, okay, good. So, Let's be aware that we are not going to get where we're going to go in probably three, six months. It could be a year or two for us to get to where we want. But if in a year or two, we're better than we are today and you're older and you're in better shape and it's a lot easier, isn't that going to be feel a lot better than, you know, two years and you're going to be even worse? And they're like, absolutely. Okay, cool. So let's take that and then let's also now let's just focus on these other things, right? We're going to focus on your day to day. We're going to focus on the five things I told you to change mm -hmm. and we're just going to do it consistently. Mm -hmm. And then I just want you to focus on those things and keep your like here in the game, right? Mm -hmm. Keep that focus here. And then let's focus on your temperature and pulse. And I want to monitor the things that you're having problems with, right? Again, not a doctor. I know you're not a doctor. So I'm not going to sit here and diagnose you, but I am going to say we can look at these subjective measures. And it, it, we don't have to look at one independently. We can look at all the symptoms you may be experiencing. And we're just going to use those as a thing to monitor if things are shifting, right? Mm -hmm. Is your energy feeling better? Do you feel like you're sleeping a little bit better? How's your mood going, right? Is the anxiety down? Um, what else, you know, is the digestive feeling a little bit better? And if those are moving in the right space, then we know, let, let's all talk about like, look, if your digestion's doing better, then we're probably breaking down absorbing food and energy better. Right. When we have that coming into our system, there's more available for our system to function better. And so if we, we keep our eyes there and, and go, OK, those are my little wins, then we're going to continue to go in the right direction. You know, I 
have a conversation with clients every two to three weeks. Um, if they feel like they need more, I'll have them, but that's normally. And then I just have them do some email correspondence with me in between if they have some level of meltdown or something, because <laughs> it happens, it right? Does. We yeah, know it, it happens. <laughs> I, I can get that. I certainly had that experience as well because you are so ingrained with this other belief pattern. Right. And, and so, you, you know, and I know you, when I do talk to people, everyone is like, yep, I get it. Yeah. It makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. And then they leave and then their old brain comes right back in there. And because then they're surrounded by a society that's telling them something else. Yeah. So you're now bombarded with all of this other stuff. And that can be and that can throw you back off. And so it's important, you know, like I said, to have these conversations with them to kind of reconfirm with them. Okay, look, this is what we're focusing on. Here's another article to read. Go back and read this in my book. This is where we're going. Yeah. <laughs> and so there has to be some reconfirmation, you know, but it, it as people progress and then they start to see it, right? But, you know, six months can feel like forever if they're not getting the result that they're so used to getting yeah. but it said if they can focus over on this other place then well, i am feeling better and i do and that's good and a lot of times and i don't know if you get this i'll get they're like i don't even care about that other i feel so much better i can yeah. do more i'm more present with my family i have the energy to do things right now they're like they don't really care that much you know and so or it just eventually in time they're like, yeah, my weight just started to shift and I didn't even have to pay attention to it because metabolically speaking, their body was just using more fuel to do everything they wanted to do. And then maybe they were just able to do more in their day. And so their body now was just adjusting because I personally don't think your body wants to hold on to 25, 50, 100 pounds of weight. It's not ideal for the body, but it also is always going to be in survival mode. And if you don't get it out of that survival mode, it just hangs on to everything. Well, absolutely. And the stress around food, sometimes when they have that experience of they're seeing better digestion, their energy is better, their sleep is finally better. They finally get to that point where they're like, I don't even care about the weight now. I mean, hopefully it comes off, but I'm feeling so much better. I want to stay here. That can be the underlying mechanism where a couple months into that, then the weight does come off because the stress around food is gone. Like, oh, I'm eating too much or should I be drinking this or should I be eating this? Is this too much food? Like when they stop doing that and they get the results of feeling better, then they can actually quiet the noise, so to speak, of like what they're not doing or what they aren't or what society says that, you know, they're not, which diet they're not on or whatever. So, yeah, I love that you mentioned that. Now, something you said earlier stuck out to me because you said when you were going through your um, adaptation, you part of the reason was you felt like you were aging faster. And what I noted on the front cover of your book was that it said, you know, stop blaming aging. And I love that because it's like, we can't blame aging all the time. I mean, yes, we're aging, but there's a lot that somebody can do to fix their health and to even change wrinkles in your face and your skin condition. So maybe talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think age is just the, it is obviously the number of years you're on this planet. Mm -hmm. And as you are older, there's more years for you to do destructive things to yourself. And so, so we can use that as a marker, but there's also more years for you to take care of yourself. And it doesn't have to be the only variable that we can monitor how healthy we are. We can't just say, well, I'm getting older, so everything's going to suck. And I'm like, <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, but that just means maybe that you have more years of doing destruction to yourself. So yeah. yeah, that can do it. But I've seen 20 year olds that they've been pretty destructive. And so, and then there's also 70 or 80 year olds that haven't been. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they can be in like pseudo better health. 
I definitely, in my history, I had a lot of years of destruction. So, I mean, so in, even though I was, maybe I wasn't a really overweight individual, but metabolically speaking, the things I did to myself messed up my system for sure. I mean, I must've been in a stress cycle for a couple decades prior and not understanding it, just all the things that were going on. So the unwinding that occurred, and I think I still today unwind things, right? I don't think all of a sudden, you know, I, I did a year and I did, and when, when I learned this path and started to shift things, certainly got a lot better for sure. And things are corrected and, all, and so forth. But life is still life. We still have very stressful events that happen to us and underlying things. And we're always learning and layers are coming off. So there's always this another layer and another layer or something happens. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm not supposed to learn about something over <laughs> right. here. You know, but ultimately, you know, the aging parted is, is that, yeah, you got more years at this point in time. But if we metabolically support ourselves, if we nourish ourselves and start learning what our system needs, and that can be nutritionally, mentally, environmentally, physically, whatever, because I think all of those components are going to play a role, mm -hmm. then we can absolutely start taking years off our life and our systems regulate to a better place. And so there's a lot that we have control of that we can be aware of. And when we know that like, and that's why I say it, it's always about what thing that can we do to move the needle? Mm -hmm. Food can be a big one because it just it so affects how our blood sugar is running, but sure. it's certainly not the only thing. And other things can, we can mentally change how we think about things and that can change our physiology like that. Um, and so there is just so many components that like that we can shift that will kind of take that age off of us, right? Vacation, right? We can put that as a pro-metabolic thing, going, getting some sun, not working, enjoying your life and sleeping, and you'll come back and you look five years younger. Absolutely. Right. Oh, I love that. No, that's like, that's gotta be, I mean, I haven't read the book, but I'm sure that's in there as far as like how to heal your metabolism. It's like these biggest health issues that we see people coming with. It's, it's a lot of the same thing. It's lack of calmness in their life, the inability to slow down and pause. It's more restriction and yet more weight gain. It's more sleep issues. It's more gut issues. It's more thyroid and energy issues. It's diet confusion. Like there's so many schools of thought that they're all confused. I mean, did I miss anything? But <laughs> there's those are the major players that at least I'm seeing as so as far as like how to heal your metabolism and stop blaming their aging where do they where do they start to understand how to, where to go first with healing their metabolism apart from all the noise the dogma out there well again you're always going to come back to what does that look like what is metabolism right? Then we have these subjective markers. We look at all the health markers of our body. Again, my, our temperature and pulse, digestion cycle, libido. Um, can you maintain muscle mass without massive exercise? How are you sleeping? What's your hair and your skin like? You know, all of these things. So I usually have a long list of just asking people about symptoms, symptoms, you know, are you sleeping, right? Do you have constipation, diarrhea, and so forth and so on. And so we can use those as markers, as, as like how how do we kind of first gauge let's have a starting point right i know ray's always said you you can't figure out where you're going to go unless you know where you are so we got to know where are you at right now and then we can create a path and then again that is all right let's a start eating better foods right let's look at your foods and here's some better quality foods let's have some fruits and roots and utilize some better fats and make sure we're having a little bit of protein in every meal make sure your meals are balanced and okay, well, what else is your day looking like, right? Do you have time? 
to eat, right? What's the biggest thing? Well, I just don't have time. I don't have, I, I work. And I'm like, okay, let's talk about your day. Right? Do you have time in your day? Well, I barely, barely can schedule. Like, I, People are crazy. I have like 10 minutes and I'm like, who is in charge of your schedule? Right. I am. I'm like, okay, we're going to schedule time breaks in your day because I, and people have literally shared their screens with me and it's this colored green. I mean, just down every minute is scheduled. And I'm like, how are you going to you, look, you can't fuel, right? So let's go right in that schedule. We got a block of, I can't imagine that people can't think that you can't have a 30 minutes <laughs> to go eat and get outside and do something. I go, look, these are habits and people get real resisted, you know, and some people, they, they want you to just say, if you could just eat this food and that's the only thing. And I'm right. like, that's not how this, right? No, I go, look, we, we have to create the environment as well for you to get better. Food is a component of that. And it's a, it's a big one, but it's certainly not the only one. I cannot give you, I can give you the best of diets, but if your environment is completely chaotic, yeah. we aren't going to get very far. You know, I, I actually say in my book, I go, look, it's, it's like wearing a bulletproof vest and walking into the middle of a war zone. Eh, it's going to protect you a little bit. <laughs> But get out of the war zone. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what we got to do right now, right? And yeah. so, and then maybe we just need to prepare you better, be, be more resilient or so forth and so on. But right now, you are not surviving in that environment. And, and, and it happens in time, right? And I think when you can let people see and give them more awareness, I'm like, no, this isn't normal. And this, you know, and, 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 and again, and maybe if you got super healthy and da 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 and maybe you'd be able to manage it better. I'm not saying that people can't do a lot in a healthy manner because they certainly can. But when you are struggling and you're trying to maintain that insanity, it just doesn't work. And so we have to take things off. Or what can we do? Like, what can, can we just add some meals into the day? Maybe that's going to be a thing and you'll be totally fine. Or do we need to just take things off your schedule completely? I don't know. Let's see what happens, right? I mean, you know, I deal with mothers at work and I'm like, well, you can't just put your kids away. Can you? <laughs> right. <laughs> They're all like, you know, but so you have to kind of figure, but it, it is, it can be quite challenging and I can know it's quite be quite overwhelming. And that's why it's always like, look, find five things. What can, can you do? And, and are, can you do those five things consistently? That's always where I'm at. And they can be five different things for different people. But I think you got to start small and figure out what you can do consistently. Okay. Now you're going to do those things consistently for three weeks or two weeks. Okay. Let's check back in. Okay. How do you feel? It's a little bit better. This is a little bit good. I'm like, okay, were those manageable? Sure. Great. Okay. Now let's try and do a little bit more. And it could be like, we're just going to add a little bit more food to your breakfast, or we're going to add a cup of milk in between these things. Cause I can see your temp and pulse are dropping and you're getting a little fatigue. So let's just add a little bit more food here and then address it. And let's just do it consistently. Right. And so now let's assess. Cool. And then we just move, right. It's, what I like most about this approach is a, it is a, a moving, it moves, right? It's not just eat this and you're good and just do that. It's let's move and okay, now let's change it again and change it again and change it. So that eventually if you were eating 12 to 1400 calories, now we're eating 2000 to 2200 calories. We're maintaining weight and we feel good. Now you're just, your, your body's sleeping deeper. You're maintaining your sleep better. You're able to exercise at a higher level that feels better to you and cool. So let's, and that's where we want to maintain. And then what I say is, look, eating and supporting health is now a responsibility because once you get there, you are now responsible for continuing to support yourself. 
because you cannot keep like that health and go right back to where you were and think it's going to stay. Yeah. Right. It's like if you build a big bonfire, now that bonfire requires a lot of wood yeah. and you got to keep putting the wood on there. If you decide, oh, I'm just going to not eat for a day or two, guess what? Bonfire goes out and not to say that it's going to take you three or four or five months to build it back up, but you won't feel as good, right? So you always have to understand now there's a responsibility with this. Absolutely. Yeah, I love the bonfire analogy because it's so it's so true that there is a realm of people that let me do this for a while and then I'm going to go back to what I was doing before. <laughs> I'm either A, not getting the aesthetic results even though I feel better or B, I'm, I'm just by habit, like you said, sometimes it's those mind patterns, the brain patterns of like, this is what I was doing. And sometimes when a stressful time in your life comes along, it's like you revert back to that. I just had a consult with a gal that like had changed all these things and she was feeling so much better. And then this time we consulted and she's like, but this happened and this is back and now my joints hurt. And I was like, what changed? And she's like, well, I kind of, I'm not doing what I was doing. And then I asked her what her typical day was. And it was exactly what it was when we first started consulting, like her, the food, the way she was doing her day. And I was like, okay, we need to like dial stuff back in, but we are creatures that kind of go back to kind of like the dog returning to its vomit, sadly, because it's like, we're going back to the stuff that made us sick in the first place. So really, like you said, once you commit to this lifestyle, it's, it's that like, this is your new way and good for you because now you can eat 22 to 2,800 calories versus when you were barely feeling good on a thousand calories, you know? So it, a lot of, a lot of women in particular feel that too, is like that. I, I can eat this much, you know, I think that's a new thought for many women. Have you seen that too? There is that. And, and with that, they're like, I have to, you know, there now's a responsibility. You have to to cook more food. You have to prepare more food. Mm -hmm. Food is expensive. Right. And now, I mean, so yeah, this whole other level of things occur that they can like go, that shift. I'm like, yeah, if you do intermittent fasting and keto, it's less time in the kitchen, right? You don't have to eat as much. There are some positives and you, you hear the arguments. I'm like, yeah, I can get that. You know, you're really busy and you don't want to food prep and you can just grab like a piece of chicken and off you go. (laughs) I get it. I I totally get that. But it eventually is going to, you know, so again, we have to focus on what do you want? Because I think we all get we're like squirrels sometimes, right? We lose focus or we start just focusing on the wrong thing again, right? Now we're getting, feeling better, but we're like, well, now it just takes me so much time and I get prep all these food and then and that. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's what you have to do. I mean, you know, it's like when you're, you start managing money or anything that's important, that, that takes a responsibility. You know, you just can't throw it somewhere and forget about it. And or, I guess you could, but you might not get a great result from doing something like that. And it's the same thing. Now you have your health. Now you have to do what you need to do to not only that got you there, but to keep you there. And it's worth it because the other side of that is, yes, you have some food prep. Yes, you know, it takes time, but now you'll have the energy to do the things you want to do and you feel good and you sleep better and you're not going to be spending hours in the doctor's office and you aren't on three or four different medications or whatever else that we see what that will progressively happen when people underfuel themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And then to that, it's like everything else gets better. It's like what I said earlier about like, sometimes it feels like we're giving just 20% or 10% to all these different things. Whereas 
when you're properly fueled and you're nourishing yourself, you're able to give, you're able to number one, hone in on the things that aren't important or the things that aren't serving you, such as like too much exercise or running all the time. You know, the women that I used to be one, so I can say it, run, run, run. Like yep. I'm just going to go for a run. I'm gonna, oh, now I can do five or six miles. I might as well do eight. So it's like more is better. I'm going to get healthier the more I run when in fact, like studies don't even show that. <laughs> in fact, it's quite the opposite for people that are runners. But in general, it's like, when we take out the irons that really aren't serving us in the fire and we start to have this energy to put forth towards the things that are important, like being a better wife, a better mom, a better, better at our jobs, we have the fuel to do that. And so it, it actually makes you a better person on more levels than just achieving some sort of aesthetic goal. Yeah. Yeah. 100. I mean, I've, and I, I'm sure you've seen this too. I mean, I've seen people make complete life changes hmm. when they've become healthier because I think they were in such a survival mode prior. They weren't even able to see what was happening around them. And as they became healthier and more aware and became a stronger individual, maybe that learned helplessness started to dissipate. They all of a sudden said, huh, I don't like, you know, maybe they've changed their, their marital status or they changed their job because all of a sudden they just saw things a lot differently and in a place that was serving them and they shifted. And it's quite remarkable to see sometimes, not that you want someone to go through something very stressful, but they've kind of outgrown where, who they were on some level. And so you see a lot of growth on their health, but just in their mentality and their emotional state and kind of so many levels of their life. And I think you have to be ready for that too, because it can totally change you and it will enlighten you and you become more open, I think, to a lot of different things. And it allows you to see things completely differently um which is i think part of the fun of it all you're like whoa like who knew that this was all happening and i you know because i was so like this was the way yeah <laughs> right and then all of a sudden like oh i opened all the doors and went wait no that was not right that now there's all these other ways that and you know and it does make you become more open i think it made me become more open to a lot of different possibilities and i always like to understand why other people are doing certain things to see what is directing them in that direction, just to try to understand, okay, well, that's interesting, but I wonder why they're seeing it that way. Because I think everyone is doing what they think is the right thing for the most part, right? Even though you can look out and go, well, I don't, that's totally screwed up. But, you know, I think once you can see that, but for the most people, they're, most people I, I do believe think they're doing what they think is right. Mm -hmm. So they just don't have enough information or they're not open to new information. Yeah, yeah which is unfortunate because if, is you're, unfortunate. if you're a question asker and you keep seeking new things, then eventually you will find the answers. And so that's what people, you know, I want to encourage them to make sure and keep seeking. If you haven't got the, the results you're looking for in your body or in your health or whatever condition you're facing, you know, you want to keep digging, but dig logically, like not looking at like, okay, well fast for 65 days and all of your health issues will go away. It's not, logical i'm sorry it's <laughs> what you're doing is you're causing further stress which if the stress was the reason that caused the issue in the first place then you're just furthering the problem so like we really need to work with our body rather than fighting against it 100%. um yeah now maybe you know the answer to this little interesting question i had that was where did the um pro-metabolic term come from in the repeat movement do you know who coined that or was that just something that came about if I had to guess, um, I would actually say it was from Lita Lee. Okay. Um, 
so Lita Lee was the first practitioner I worked with nice. when I discovered Ray. So I think she was like 79 at time, I think, yeah. you know, yeah. um, and when, and she worked with the enzymes. So her protocol was take a, you know, I don't know. I took like 30 enzymes. It was a lot of enzymes. And that was her, that was her approach, right? It was all that you're not digesting things properly. And that's why you're having all these issues. And, you know, she did a, like a urinalysis type test. And so, um, but in the information she gave me, and it was like, do this pro metabolic diet. That was the first time I saw the words and she just had it. And so she wasn't very specific to a, she didn't really work with you on your food other than saying, eat these foods. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was fruits and dairy and, you know, all the things that Ray might, might suggest, but with no really particular understanding of it, not really looking at your macronutrients or when it was just like, eat these foods and, and remove all the crappy things. So I think at the time when I met her, I was still eating like sweeteners, right. And whether it was stevia or something else, cause sugar was horrible. I couldn't, what, what do you mean? Eat sugar? <laughs> no, that's going to kill me and give me cancer. Um, so and she would be like, yeah. And I think I was even doing like five hour energies because nice. I would get up. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I would get up at like 6am and I would go run stairs with a client of mine. And I would, then I would train like four or five people and then go do a boot camp. And I would be like, I'm so exhausted of my five hour energy. <laughs> and then in that freaking, you know, the, the adrenaline will kick up again. Oh, yeah. I would go do that. And so you know, and I'd be like, I'm so hungry. I'm like, no, but I can't eat any more than this many calories at this time of the day, you know? Right. And then, so it was chaotic. Um, but, and I think I had that in my information I gave her. So she's like, yeah, get rid of those things. And I'm like, but how will I survive? Right. <laughs> but so she, so she coined, I, I think it was from her. I don't think Ray's ever used that terminology. No, I had I've to go never. back in time. Cause I think, I mean, Lita, Lita, Lita is old school. I, right. I think. Yeah. And she, and I think she might've passed away. Um, but I, I think she kind of moved away from it and, but she had some interesting articles and I always kind of, I enjoyed reading her books or her book. And, uh, but that's, that's what I would guess. Cause I don't think anyone, I think. And then from there, you know, I, I don't know who started using it on the internet <laughs> or on Instagram, yeah. um, but I, I don't know. Yeah, no, I was just curious because it is such a good term for people to consider because it's like your metabolism is how you convert everything that comes into your body into energy. And so bioenergetics or pro-metabolic, I mean, this is what we need to hone in on with regard to when you're looking at these schools of thought that are out there. Is it is, you know, intermittent fasting or one meal a day, is that going to give me this pro-metabolic feel to my body? Or could it slow down my thyroid because it's another stressor? Are we bombarded with so many stressors in our life already out of our control? Like the whole uncertainty of the world we live in. I mean, everybody's feeling this heaviness of, geez, what's going to happen next? Because we kind of feel like we've turned a page towards something that's not looking good, you know, in our yeah, future. Totally. So, <laughs> so it's mm -hmm. like, you can feel that heaviness. So we've got enough stress. If we can mm -hmm. dial in these foods that work with our body, work with our metabolism, work with our energy systems, then we're, it's one less stressor on our body. So that's why I love that there's people like you out there promoting that. Now, one question I like to talk with my, anybody I have on is the issue of EMFs, like, and, and how 
that pertains into this pro-metabolic issue of like how these, how being around all these devices and being glued to social media or glued to Netflix and all these things affects our health. Do you think it affects our health? Yeah, I absolutely do. Because I can tell you when I have too many calls in a day, I get affected, yeah, you know, in fact, yeah. So I know it affects me. I actually recently, I'm barely on social media. I know you're not on social media anymore. Um, I have resisted back and forth that space and I kind of haven't been on it for a couple months. It is hard to, you know, completely. And it, and I feel like that conversation that I have not being on it. Um, but it was just, it, I could feel I would be on calls all day and then I'd be on social. I go, I, it's too much. I can't, it affects me. So I know it affects, and I have conversations with people. And when they say to me, they're like, I can, I don't sleep as well when I have this yes. many calls or I'm on it and everybody's on it a lot more because yes. our worlds have changed before, uh, COVID. I mean, I saw most of the people in person, 75%. Now I see 90% online. Wow. So it changed completely now. And so, and, and that, so that also what that means is, well, what else did that change about my life? And, and I always talk to people about, okay, you're what changed in the last two years of your life. Okay. I work at home now. Okay. Well, so not only do you work at home, but now you don't go out to get to your car and you don't go from your car to your business. And then you don't socialize with people in a live setting. And then you don't go out with people for lunch any longer. And then you don't, right. There's a lot more than just that occurred. So now just your overall movement for the day has decreased. Maybe your sun exposure decreased. I know mine does. And I, so a lot of things happened during that time period that weren't beneficial for our health. Now, it, is it easier to do a Zoom call? Yeah, it's cool and great. And I'm, I can talk to people all over the world, which is awesome. Um, but it also, I, I have to balance all those things, right? And I can sense it in my body. I'm like, mm, nope, you can only do this many and that's it. And you're done. And so we have to have, now with technology and all these things that are great on some level, um, because they do allow us to share on a whole nother level that we haven't been able to. And I think that's one reason why Ray's work has gotten out because there is social media and there are people sharing it. And I can appreciate all that. And, and I think it for that benefit, but at the same time, we have to know that being on this stuff for long periods of times isn't good for us. And, and I always have that conversation. I actually want people when they work with me, I go, I don't want you to be on social media the next three weeks. Right. Right. I go, how long are you on there? Because it's one of the things that moves the needle. And it I go, Look, it's not it hard to just turn it off. Right. And I know there's information and I know you like to scroll or whatever, I go, but it's another thing that's ticking at you yes. and you may or may not be aware. And, and I go, were we ever meant to look into a hundred people's lives no. in two minutes? No. Right? Our brain is just like, right? I mean, your brain is taking in so much information all of the time. So there's that part of it. But yeah, I, I do think all the EMFs definitely ha have an effect. I mean, I try to shut them off and turn it off and I mean, and so forth and so on. But I also live in Southern California in a condominium. So I know my neighbors have it. I know my other neighbors have it, right? So, you know, I'm like, okay, well, what else can I do? But, you know, I make sure I have enough carbohydrates through the day. I mean, but it's, I can feel it, you know, for sure. And I, I listen to Danny a lot 
because I know he's like out in Mexico and, you know, living on his own and these things. Yeah. And I hear him, he's like, it was, it became too much noise. Yeah. Right. And a lot of people that you feel like, whether it's Josh and Jeannie, I mean, I know them, uh, I know Josh quite well. And um, I know that's how they left. They left Southern California because it was just too much noise. Yeah. Matt Blackburn left Southern California. I mean, they all just were like evacuation because <laughs> of the noise. And it's a weird place to live. Although San Diego is not too bad, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I, and I'm sure you see, so for a lot of people that that's the thing I go, it's a, a thing that we're used to doing. We like to do it and yet it's not serving us. And, but we always pull back to these things. Cause I think we get that immediate gratification. We get that zinging, whatever it is, even if it's a negative adrenaline, like whether you're doing it and going, I'm totally getting stressed out. Oh my God, look at their lives. Adrenaline kick, adrenaline kick, adrenaline kick, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're kind of getting that little high. Um, you know, I mean, I, I was a, a drug addict for a good many years of my life. So I'm very familiar with that feeling and you're, and then I got it from exercise that kind of ping constantly in social media and all that will give it to you as well. So you have to like, and all of that is just kicking you over into that stress cycle. And depending on how sensitive you are, because everybody has a different level of sensitivity, you could do it for a little bit and it can affect you. Right. And maybe some people can do it all day long and maybe they're okay with that. I don't know, but it is one of the things that definitely can push people over. And I do think it affects you a lot more than you think. And, you know, we, we definitely have studies with EMFs with, with mice. And I think what they found was protective to some of these mice was progesterone. I think the study was, I think Ray at some point talked about it, that ones that took progesterone were protective and the other ones that, had the EMFs that didn't had like brain cancer. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think we all have to have our limits on what we do. And, you know, I know that, yeah, I mean, I, I set mine I, and the say that that's all you got to get off. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, you have to set those, those pro metabolic boundaries too. Like you got to, to keep that pro metabolic system going, we have to go, okay. I obviously need to work and I obviously want to help people or I obviously have to go to this job or whatever it is, but we set boundaries. We, we then balance it out. Like you said, well, how much time have you spent on a computer? Then spend that much time in as much as you can outside, you know, balance it out give yourself some sunlight. I used to say for every hour on a computer, it's five minutes of sunlight outside. So just to really balance out, am I getting enough natural light when I've had all this artificial light? And, and I think if you go back and listen to any podcast that Ray Pete has ever done, the bottom line is stress. Like where can people dial in their stress? And I think that was his underlying mechanism is like, are you guys looking at the stress in your life? Not just the nutritional stress, but the daily stress, the social stress, the the emotional stress, the trauma that we haven't been through or we haven't processed, you know. And so I think just that alone, if somebody starts to look at that, they're going to start to see a shift in their body. So, yeah. So I will wrap us up now, but I wanted to also touch on the fact that you have another book that you're working on. Can you talk about that? Yeah, so I have the How to Heal Your Metabolism, which that came out in 2015. Um, so that's on its eighth year now, which is great and has gone through a few little revisions and so forth. And from that um, book, I have had a gajillion questions <laughs> that come from that and that people ask me. And so over the years, 
this next book is going to try to answer a lot of those questions that are going to be, a lot of it is something that someone's always asked me, you know, is there, can you have more recipes? Is there more information on the food and so forth and so on? Cause I have a handful in there. So I've expanded that and the next book will have about a hundred different recipes with everything, whether it's soups and salads and breakfast and, and um, snack ideas. And, and they're going to be fairly easy. They're things that I've always used. I've definitely experimented with different recipes, trying to make them a taste good, but not be too extensively challenging to make. I mean, I personally am not going to make a recipe that has like 25 ingredients and it's going to be like 10, right? We got to have simple. (laughs) So they're based on that and giving people, and then it's going to be, you know, showing you what maybe different dietary approaches and and to where to take it. Like if you're starting here, here's some tools to get you out of that space. Here's some starting points. This is where, this is what you need to start with. And it's going to be more like, okay, let's monitor. Do you have these symptoms? And if you do, okay, let's pay attention to those. And this, and so it's going to be, I think more streamlining into helping people like utilize the information on a practical level. Again, it's still just giving you generalized information because you are an individual and I can't be individual with you. But what I can teach you is more information on how to be your own best doctor kind of through this process so that you can use this information for yourself and then know how to pay attention. So I I would say it's like what I would maybe tell people within the first two or three coaching calls that I work with them, because I'm sure you find that you repeat yourself a lot just to give people the the foundational information. And, but people like to hear it on an individual level so that they can go, okay. And I want to word it in a way. And, you know, to me, look, you can never tell somebody something that's really important enough, you know? And, and one thing some people said in my first book, like, you know, it seems to be a little, on some levels, a little repetitive. I'm like, yes, that was done specifically because the information is so important. It needs to be told in a kind of a little different angle so that you can understand it so that you can utilize it, not just here's at one time. And now you should get it because you don't. So it's, this is going to be a little bit more of an add on to that with a little bit more clarity and maybe, maybe go into some other ideas. I mean, I would love to have another book with just talking about things like serotonin and endotoxin and a little bit more of the confusing parts of Ray's information that people get lost in a little bit, but I find super fascinating. And when you start to integrate them into what he does talk about with, you know, his estrogen and your digestive system and, you know, how they do function in your body, I think it becomes super fascinating. And, you know, I mean, that's what I always love about his work. And I will listen to a podcast like three times and I'm sure you probably do that. And you're like, oh yeah, now I get what he was talking about, which I never got before. But now he now when he says it, it seems so yes, now that makes sense because now I have this other bit of information that you know I finally understand. Yeah, that is so key. Like sometimes that it's such good information that we do need to listen to it over and over. And it's kind of like when you they always say when you go to a class, you only hear about 10% or you only retain about 10% of what the speaker is saying. And I think it's true for podcasts, for books, for anything, you kind of have to go over and over and over something until you're like repetition is the key to success. I got it. I get this now. So yeah, well, I'm excited. I'll have to have you back um, to talk about some recipes and stuff. I think it'd be fun to do like more food focused for specific uh genres of people and what they're dealing with and stuff like that so maybe we can do that in the future absolutely i'd love to well thanks kate one final question i like to ask my list or my my people that have on and my listeners they might want to think about it too is um 
Audrey Hepburn has a quote that is, I believe that every day should have at least one exquisite moment. So can you share with us what your exquisite moment for today is? Oh, well, I mean, besides being on your podcast, um, let's make the exquisite moment just going, it, it could be raining, but you know, for me, it's always going out and taking the dogs out. I'll take them to the beach today because we're going to have some rain here. And, you know, to me, anytime I can sit and stare at the water and hear the water is an exquisite moment for sure. Oh, absolutely. Well, take some of that in for me because I do love sitting by the ocean and just hearing the water. So absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Kate. We'll do this again. And I really appreciate your time today. Yeah, thanks, Jodell. I'll have all the links to um, your website and the book and everything on, on the show notes. So you guys be sure to click those. And if people want to work with you, um, how can they do that? Is it just go to your um, website or is there I, something more specific they can do? So, well, I, I have a wait list right now that I'm taking. I'm actually probably minimizing my clientele right now while I finish this book. Sure. Um, so then get on that or, you know, there probably isn't going to be a two to three month time limit on there, but um, just, or they can kind of pay attention or email me and ask me kind of what that is looking like. But right now um, I am kind of on the down low with new clientele while I complete this. And so I, you know, again, have to balance my time. When I, when I did write that first book, I didn't understand any of those things and I worked and then I would write it on the weekends. And so I would take the whole weekend and not talk to anybody. And for eight hours a day, I used to sit with a timer and write and then through. So by the time I was done with that book, I was so burned out and, you know, and kind of win. So I realized I'm like, yeah, we're not doing that again. Um, cause you learn, you know, even when you're trying to teach and, and write a book about pro metabolic, pro metabolic or that space, you're actually doing the things you shouldn't be doing. And so I was like, okay, lessons learned. And yeah. so, yeah, <laughs> now here we are. <laughs> well, I look forward to reading that and I got to read your first one now that I've known exactly it's something that's been out for eight years and I don't know how I didn't get my hands on it. So I'll do that mm -hmm. and then I'll look forward to your second one and we'll have you back on. Sounds good. All right. Thanks so much, Kate. Bye-bye. Take care. I love how unique you are and that your needs and diet are as unique as your fingerprint. That's why not every diet in the world will work for you because you're special, okay? So as your nutritionist, I believe in your bioindividuality and it's my job to act as your nutrition detective and find the root of your issues and create a more optimized U2.0. So are you looking to ease some digestive distress or maybe dial in your sleep? What about lowering environmental stress that could be causing, you know, stuff like undue anxiety? What about food struggles and emotional connections to food? Or maybe you're simply suffering from diet confusion and not sure where to start to improve your health. That's where I come in. So let's set up a free 15-minute call to see if I'm right for you. That's right. All you're going to do is email me at getfitwithjodell at gmail.com. That's J-O-D-E-L-L-E. -E. And let's just chat about you and see if we're a good match when it comes to getting you the results you've been waiting for. And no matter where you are, you could be in Asia, Brazil, Chicago, or somewhere in between, we can connect via Zoom or phone or any way you like to get you the results and your health once and for all. Let me be your guide and let me get you there. I'm feeling a little blue today, but in a good way, because I took my methylene blue, that is, two of my favorite supplements for optimizing my mitochondria, those little energy factories in 
virtually every cell of our body are a product called methylene blue and also magnesium. And both can be found really great sources at lifeblood.co. The most authentic and well-researched form of methylene blue and magnesium that I have found to date is the one carried by Lifeblood. We know magnesium is our calming mineral and responsible for over 800 different processes in the human body, helping with calming you for sleep, easing constipation, creating a better heartbeat, supporting chocolate cravings and sugar cravings, and even easing leg cramps and spasms, plus much, much more. And I don't know where I'd be during the last three years, during a time when many around us were ill without my methylene blue to keep my cells' immunity going. Methylene blue is antiviral, antiparasitic, antimicrobial, and even helps combat candida overgrowth. You can get yourself my two favorite supplements by clicking the link in the show notes for Lifeblood and using my promo code JODELL, J-O-D-E-L-L-E, to save on your very own purchase of those two items or any of the wonderful products at Lifeblood. Again, that promo code is J-O-D-E-L-L-E to save. And just visit the show notes below and click the link. I think you'll be glad you did. Thank you.